You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, yet again. We got a big weekend this week, gentlemen. Uh, how are we feeling? Feeling great. I mean, the season's been going good so far for MSU, so I'm excited. Can't wait for the next series. Yeah, it's been an interesting start to the season and an interesting start to the Big Ten. So we'll see what happens with the rest of this weekend and uh, through the rest of the first half. Oh, yeah. Uh, as Michigan State does better, our jobs get more fun because, as, of course, this is behind the mask. Cover Michigan State hockey. I'm Kyle Hattie with Ryan Radosevich and Cam McLaren. Jacob Stinson uh, hates us once again. He skips out on us. I'm just kidding. He got caught in traffic coming back to East Lansing, but he put his picks in. We'll get to that later. But for now, we have, a, we have a lot to get into. And for the first time, I believe, on Behind the Mask history, I have a live update from Big Ten Hockey. Uh, as of right now, Michigan is beating Penn State 2-1 to one with 3.18 left in the third period. I would love to give you guys live updates, but I don't have ESPN uh, ESPNU. So we'll update that, that, that uh, as it goes. But more, look, more, more looks into the Big Ten. Notre Dame sweeps Michigan in Ann Arbor, I believe. Is that true? I should have fact-checked that. Never, uh, never mind. But, yeah, yes. Notre Dame sweeps number four in the country. Arizona State sweeps Wisconsin. And Michigan and Penn State begin tonight. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically look at the Big Ten. We'll get more Big Ten updates later. But the one we're here, really here to talk about, Ohio State. Uh, the Spartans and Buckeyes played, uh, played this weekend in Columbus. They split the series. Um, game one was, of course, that giant night in East Lansing when football beat Wisconsin – Basketball beat Notre Dame and Michigan State beat uh, number 10, Ohio State in Columbus in overtime. Uh, Nico Mueller with the game winning goal. Michigan State wins in shots 45 to 22. I don't know what it is that changed from the, uh, last year to this year, but this, Michigan State's putting, uh, they're putting pucks in the net. I think that's uh, three games now after this weekend where they put up over 40 shots on net. And I think that only happened one game last year, and that was the game they lost 1 nothing in overtime against Penn State. So, what'd you guys see that you liked? I well for the first two games I I wasn't able to watch it I only saw highlights but I was able to read about it and see you know how the teams did but what I like the most from this series is the four fine production uh good sir Matson and Kyle Haskins I before the season even started Mitch Matson didn't even have a goal and now he's got two already like as a four line center that's great so I'm loving the fourth line production. I'm loving the depth. The word that you're going to hear me say probably a hundred times on this podcast this season is depth, depth, depth. And I will say it once. I'll say it again. And that's what I like from MSU. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, uh, not, not to trick or cam here, but depth is what uh, made Tampa Bay beat Dallas in the Stanley Cup final. Ooh. Sorry, Cam. Yeah. That, that was not a shot. <laughs> depth and uh, the other team having a lot of injuries, but... You know, you got to be healthy in order to win. Healthy and lucky, as a uh, Rick bonus said. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this MSU team. Um, didn't come into this season with high expectations for them. You know, you had a lot of new faces, but um, I'm really thinking that they're they're gelling together as a team, and I think they're really um, what's what's the word here? They're really starting to become a defensive-minded team. Um, in both facets of the game in terms of actually, you know, not allowing good high quality scoring chances for any of the sides that they played against and as well as getting defensemen involved in and on the rush. So. 
Uh, so that was game one. Game two ended with Ohio State winning four to two. Uh, the game was three to two, but uh, but Ohio State tucked an empty netter in late in the game. Uh, Tommy Napier saved forty two of forty four. I raved about him coming into the series, and yeah, he was lights out. Even uh, Michigan, I mean, he Michigan State got forty five shots on that in the first night, and forty four in the second game. So that is that's almost a hundred shots in two games, and he turned away. Uh, he turned away all but five of them. So yeah, Napier saves forty two out of forty four. Uh, the Spartans give up two power play goals, and Mitch Matson gets his second goal of the year. After, of course, Ryan said he didn't. Come, he, he came into the year without having a goal on the season. So, what stuck out to you uh, guys in Game Two and the series overall? What stuck out to me in Game Two is the shots. Like you said, we haven't had a forty-shot game in a long time until the. I'm pretty sure the second game in the ASU series, and then these two games. This is. The first time MSU has put up 40-plus shots in consecutive games since November of 2013. Since I was a, I was a freshman in high school. Like, that, it, it's kind of – it's really different to see how many shots we're putting on net. They're good quality chances, and, like, it's, it's weird. It's different from an MSU team, but I love seeing it, and I hope the shots keep coming. I would love to see 40-plus shots a game. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know – Getting good quality shots is one thing, and, you know, just firing the puck on the net is another. And they were really able uh, to do the former uh, this series, you know, getting high-quality scoring chances. What stuck out to me is, you know, penalties and power plays. Um, that first – the first game that Michigan State won against Ohio State, you know, you only commit three penalties, and they all came in early half of the game um, with the last one occurring – with eight minutes left in the second period. You look at that second game, you commit five penalties. The more penalties you commit, the less time you actually get to play your game the way that you want to. And for MSU, that's dominating face-offs and that's dominating your neutral zone and making the other team work harder in their defensive zone and to get into the uh, Spartans' uh, defensive zone. So whenever you give up that many penalties in a game, you're going to get burned, and they, they ended up getting burned. I'm so glad you segued into that because that's two things I wanted to talk about. Um, first off, Michigan State's power play looks really, really cohesive together. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the five with, I believe it's Nadler, Combs, Susanna, Lewandowski, and Hodges. Am I right there? I th- I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, those five together as a, as a uh, group look incredible. Uh, I would say overall, I guess uh, from a town perspective, it's actually probably – just about the same or a little less than last year because, of course, they lost Kodorenko off power play. But this, this this power play looks even better. They're making up for the lost talent by just playing together as a group better. And the biggest thing I took away from this weekend, that Danton Cole touched down in his press conference a couple days ago, uh, I believe the number Danton Cole said was 61% is their team for the year on in the faceoff circle. And that – if they, it, I mean, yeah, Denton, Denton himself said it's hard to believe they can continue that pace all season, but getting that to start the season, starting off on the right note with Nader as the right-handed face-off uh, guy, Madsen's contributing, Pap's doing fine, and then of course APAP is going to lead the Big Ten, get close to lead the nation face-off percentage, because that's just what they do. But that, that's going to, that's going to give them a huge advantage in a lot of games, just keeping the puck out of the other team's hands off face-offs. So yeah, uh, Ohio State. That's that was the series. Uh, Michigan State now has five receiving votes in the poll after one last season. So slowly coming up, and Ohio State's 
moved down after the series to 13 after starting at 10. Now we have two two series to preview because Michigan State has two games, uh, two series in the next seven games. Uh, so yeah, four games and six days uh, in a new, yeah, in these uh, in this next homestand. First they'll play Minnesota and second Wisconsin, but first we'll dive into Minnesota. Uh, fun fact that when I was looking up uh, stuff about Minnesota, they're the second um, heaviest team in the NCAA. Their average weight on the team is 192.8. They're also among the tallest. So Minnesota's big. And keep in mind, I believe 14 out of 22 of the players were either underclassmen or freshmen last year. I'm not sure. I don't want, I don't want to be exact. But, yeah, and they're off to a really hot start. They're the only, they're the only undefeated team, the Big Ten, currently sitting at number five in the country. They lead the nation in goals against per game with Jack LaFontaine backing them up in net. Yeah, they're allowing uh, one goal. Um, yeah, they're allowing one goal per game on average through the first four games with their 4-0. And they're 25% of the power play. So this team, they're big. They're well-rounded. They got scores. They got defense. So what do you guys think? I mean, this is this is kind of scary if you're an MSU fan here. Minnesota coming off two series, um, winning both – in a sweep against Penn State and Ohio State pretty convincingly. Uh, they're looking very good. This was my team. This is my pick and the team to win to the Big Ten. So I, I'm anticipating a very, very hard-fought series here. Uh, you mentioned Jack LaFontaine uh, leading the Big Ten right now in save percentage with .961, which is pretty ridiculous. Sure, it's only four games, but that's a ridiculously good save percentage. And like you said, only one goal allowed per game. That's, I mean, that's that's great right now. Four games in, like I said, but still, that's very very good. But um, I don't know. It's it's going to be a very very interesting series. This is where MSU has to prove themselves if they want to be called a legitimate contender in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I mean, this is this Golden Gopher team is structurally very good. Um, they'll beat you in any facet of the game that they choose. Um, they're pretty much top 10 in most any stat you want to look at it in the NCAA right now. Um, they're, they're lethal on the power play. Uh, being 25% is, it has them sixth in the nation right now. Total goals are fourth in the, in, the, in the nation among teams that have actually played. Um, they don't get a lot of shots on goal, but when they do, they're clinical. They 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 will hurt you if you're if you're not or if you're not uh, really expecting it. But um, you know, from my takeaways here, you know, if, if MSU is going to win this game, you you got to stay out of the box and you got to win. You got to win your faceoffs. You're this is a matchup of the top two teams in the nation in faceoff percentage. And it's, it's, what is it, a thousandth apart? It's 0.618 for MSU, 0.615 for the Gophers. So 61.8% to 61.5%. These, whoever wins the faceoff battle will most likely win this game. And if you're, if you're MSU that, and you get stuck on penalty kills, you're really going to start relying on your top guys to win faceoffs and to get, get that puck out of the zone. So anybody else got their keys to the game? No, we'll get to that in a second, Cam. You're stealing my thunder. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Ryan, I believe you had a little tidbit. 
if you want to add that in. There is one more thing I need to mention. Minnesota is a beast. This game, I, I said that a little bit ago, but they're returning their top six point getters. So we, or Michigan State as a team, needs to be able to shut them down defensively to win this series. And we'll get into that in a tiny bit. But returning Minnesota returning their top six point getters, that's, that's a little bit daunting right there. It is indeed. And now... It's my new favorite segment outside of the picks. Blank wins if. So Minnesota will win if. I'm going to go with a little bit of an easy one. I usually don't don't cut myself out here, but Minnesota will win if Jack LaFontaine stays hot. I mentioned how he's right now the number one goalie in the Big Ten, um, but he's the reason why I picked this is because, like I said, Michigan State, the last three games, they've put up 40-plus shots per game, which is very, very different. So – if Minnesota was looking at this from last year, uh, they probably wouldn't be worried about 40-plus shots, but it's a new year for MSU. They're putting up 40-plus shots in three games in a row now. So I look for the series, if Minnesota wants to win, I, I look to the goalie battle and I look at Jack LaFontaine. Yeah, I mean, good goaltending is one thing, but having a very potent and clinical offense is another. Um, I think Minnesota's going to win this series if they could score on the power play. You're going up against a very young Spartan team that is very notorious at taking a lot of penalties. You're averaging right now at about eight and a half minutes per game, which sits them eighth in the uh, eighth in the nation in terms of penalties. And you know you're going up against a very clinical power play unit in um, the Golden Gophers, and they, they'll make you pay if you give them one too many opportunities. So. For Minnesota to win this game, it's going to be scoring on the power play. No matter how many chances you get, they could be pretty monotonous after a while if the, if the Spartans continue to take penalties. All right. Uh, for Minnesota to win, I think they need to basically win the physicality battle. They need to win pucks in the corner. They need to get guys in front of the net, in front of the Ritter. And because right now Minnesota is different than Arizona State and Ohio State because – they're just as fast, but they're a lot bigger. And they, for whatever reason, they just seem physically daunting. And if you let them get the bodies when they need to and win 50-50-50 pucks, then they will win. Uh, if one, if not both games. Now, Michigan State will win if. They'll win if they slow down Minnesota's fast-paced, highly talented, hard-hitting offense. Um, the way MSU has played over the last couple of years, sure, it's a little different with uh, – us putting up a lot of shots or with Michigan state putting up a lot of shots this year, but the way that Michigan state wins this game is if they slow that down and play Michigan state hockey, play 200 foot forwards, coming back on defense, effective forecheck. check. If you put all those recipes in the pot, cook them right on 450, you might get a, a good couple Michigan state wins here. All right. Um, so yeah, Ken, did I get you? Did I, did I just cut you off? No, you're good. I I had problems with the mute button, but uh, no, I mean, you got to play a 200 foot game if you're MSU. Um, but if you're gonna try to slow down this high powered offense, uh, for Minnesota, you're gonna have to limit the high quality shots. Um, DeRitter, who he's played two games against Minnesota, he's his numbers are pretty inflated. Um, he's got a 359 goals against average. Um, his safe percentage is well well below 900 at 0.872. He 
He hasn't done statistically well against Minnesota, but this is a Spartan team that is really relying on their defense. And you see it in their first four series. Yes, they've given up a couple of high-quality chances to, you know, Arizona State, especially in that second period um, in both games. But they're really gelling as a defensive-minded team. And if they can limit those high-quality scoring chances, I think they'll have a chance to win that game, win, the, win this game. And so I'm going to go with the fact Michigan State will win if they don't go into the third period um, down. If they can keep it tied or, or they, if they're ahead, I think Michigan State will win. But I think Jack LaFontaine and that, that, D, that decor and their forwards, they're, they're all just too good. You can't, you can't, go, down, you can't go down going into the third period because I don't, I don't like their chances there. So, yeah, that's Minnesota. And then they get a two-day rest after that. Uh, they get Sunday and Monday off. And then they are remaining at home and taking on Wisconsin. And I am taking a little hiatus from covering games. So my partner, Ryan, will take over the Wisconsin preview. So the Wisconsin series, like, like Hattie said, we get a two-day break, then we're right back at it Tuesday versus Wisconsin at home at 6 p.m. And then Wednesday, Wisconsin at home at 4 p.m. Uh, Wisconsin, number 14 in the USCHO poll right now. They are tied for first in points per game with six goals per game. Uh, interesting note, very interesting and very fortunate for MSU. Uh, Wisconsin will be without Cole Caulfield, uh, one of their leading scorers, and Dylan Holloway, another one of their leading scorers. Two very prolific offensive talents there, and they will be without them because they will be going to World Junior Training Camp. So good luck to them, and uh, Wisconsin will miss them. And another note for Wisconsin, they will be playing their – their third and fourth games in six days. So a little bit of an even matchup. Michigan State will be doing something very similar. And Wisconsin will be playing their fifth and sixth game in the fifth and sixth game in eleven days. So they're playing a lot of hockey in the stretch. See if MSU can capitalize on that. Uh person I want to highlight is Linus Wiesbach. I think I pronounced that right. But um he leads the team in scoring right now. Obviously, Wisconsin has played eight games, and that's more than most of the people in the Big Ten and most in the country because Big Ten started off pretty early. But he leads the team in scoring with 10 points, five goals, and five assists. They are not missing him for the World Juniors. They will have him for that series. But um, Colefield, who is second on the team with four goals, four assists, and eight points, will be missing from that series. Another person I want to mention is... Uh, Robbie Beydoun, their starting goalie. He is not doing so well with a, a 3.04 goals against average, which is right now the worst in his NCAA career. And uh, not too hot on the save percentage as well with a 0.914 save percentage. So a couple of people to watch out for in that series. And uh, it's, it's going to be a good one. Um, so, gentlemen, what do you have on the series? Well, um, I think this will be a pretty pretty fun one to watch. You know, uh, Wisconsin's a pretty prolific scoring team. They have been for the past couple of years. Uh, without Caulfield, they'll be missing a lot of point production. But, I mean, their past couple of games have been really high-powered shootouts. Um, you know, you see the uh, inflated score um, when they played Penn State, I believe, last week. You know, 8-5. to five. That's pretty much – that's a really high scoring hockey game. Um, that's a pretty entertaining game. Uh, that third period was well worth the price of admission. Um, 
But, I mean, it should be a really fun, fast-paced game. Um, the Spartans are going to have to stick with their defensive mindset if they want to have any chance of containing um, Wisconsin. You know, it's a very fast-paced team, and they, they can really just fire it at the net. And any time they can get a lucky bounce to go in, they'll take it. So, Yeah, um, so these are about, about as opposite of teams as you can find. Wisconsin likes to run and gun. Michigan State likes to control the pace of play. They like to play a defensive game. You know, make smart passes, get it on net, get people in front of the net, and bury rebounds. Wisconsin's more showboaty. They like to they like to score goals. Better get them on Sports Center. But yeah, you're right. It is going to be a fun game, and it is worth noting that well, Caulfield and Holloway are going to be out. Uh, it's also worth noting that Wisconsin will also be also be missing four other forwards. So that is six of your twelve forwards that are out. Uh, out of your usual lineup, that you have to go, you have to go to East Lansing with. So that will play a pretty big factor. That is, uh, that's not too good of news for Wisconsin. I mean, if you're a Wisconsin fan, you obviously would like that six-year forwards are going to World Junior training camps or whichever, but not for your NCAA team. That's going to be, that's going to be hard for Wisconsin to, uh, to get some dubs here. But speaking of some dubs for Wisconsin, gentlemen, Wisconsin will win this series if they do what, Cam? If they keep with their identity of scoring early and scoring often. Wisconsin has a lot of high power. It's a very high-powered offense. It's a very run-and-gun team, as Kyle said. And this is a they're going up against a Spartan team that is statistically not that good when down early and when they're down by multiple goals. Um, if, if Wisconsin has a decent chance in this game it would be because they continue their run and gun offense put as many shots as they want on onto the Ritter and hopefully get a couple of lucky bounces Hattie Wisconsin will win if Wisconsin will win will win if they stay above their 25% playoff uh, I mean not, not playoff uh, power play conversion percentage uh, Wisconsin's played eight games I believe leads the country and they're still sitting above 25% uh, they're, it's, they're sitting at 25% on the power play. So when you, when you lose that much firepower off your offense, including Caulfield and Holloway and four others, uh, you, you got to make up for what you have. And if you take, adva- take advan- advantage of the man advantage, then Wisconsin's sitting pretty. And I kind of piggybacking off of Hattie here. I think we'll, Wisconsin will win if their power play stays hot. Like Hattie said, 25% on the season so far. I think that's that's the key to the game for them. When they get the man advantage, they have to capitalize it with their forwards out. And maybe another way they could win is if they, they get on their knees and plead to all their six fours that are leaving, hey, come on, stay. No, that's not going to happen, but that's what Wisconsin would definitely want to happen here. But gentlemen, Michigan State will win this series if... If they play stingy. You got to play really stingy defensively. They are the Spartans are coming in to the Minnesota series, um, averaging I believe 1.75 goals against, which is seventh. And this has been a really defensive-minded team. That's what Cole has pretty much brought in. Um, that's been the mindset ever since. You know, you lose six of your like seven highest-scoring uh, people to graduation. Um, if they're going to win this game, if they really can limit the Badger offense, 
and that's that's going to involve having forwards coming back on the back check and basically disrupting a play and not giving yourself um, or not giving up too many odd man chances. Good notes. Uh, Hattie, Michigan State will win if. Michigan State will win if they can create offense off the rush. Uh, you're only going to slow down Wisconsin so much. And I do believe that if you have six new forwards, you're going to see a lot of new line combinations. And for a team that likes to run and go in and play aggressively, if you have a lot of guys that haven't, played, that haven't played with each other on a line, they will force passes. They will take shots. that will get blocked. And, it, and the Michigan State can't take it, take it the other way. Now, if they could take it the other way and score off the rush, they're, they're, they're looking good. Because Wisconsin's still going to put bucks in the net. Michigan State has to find a way to score uh, off the opportunities to get create uh, create a defensive zone. And for me, I think MSU will win if they play their full 200-foot game, kind of like what Cam was talking about. Uh, their forwards need to come back, help with defense. They need to have an effective forecheck. If they do this, if they play their game that they've been playing all season, I'd say that they will have a good chance of sweeping the series. But another thing to note is with the six forwards out for Wisconsin, they're going to be playing with a lot of new different line combinations, a lot of new different players that haven't played all season. So it's going to be sloppy. They're going to make mistakes, and Michigan State will have to capitalize on them. If they capitalize on those mistakes, they could get uh, in a very favorable position to win these games. So that is our Wisconsin preview, and uh, we're going to hop into the picks here. How do you take it away for us? Yeah, uh, first off, uh, before we get into the picks, actually, I'll do it in the middle of it. Uh, so, yeah, we got we have our pick, uh, pick'ems for this week is December 2nd to the 9th, and it's actually, uh, it's actually a pretty packed week full of hockey. Uh, right now, Jacob and I stayed at three points because both of us predicted the Michigan State Ohio State split. Ryan and Cam got nothing because they suck. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so that's, Michigan that's State. Fine. <laughs> is, I mean, you don't like to put up points. Yeah, uh, so jumping in the one of the games that was actually just completed, uh, Michigan State did beat Penn State in Hockey Valley just now by a score of three to one. All four of us had Michigan sweeping, so Michigan takes tomorrow night. That'll be a win for all of us. And the next game we're going to talk about is one that will not happen as we speak. Uh, Wisconsin at uh, number number fourteen, Wisconsin at number thirteen, Ohio State. What do we have, gentlemen? I have Wisconsin. I'm assuming most of their forwards that are leaving will be playing this game. Cole, Cole Caulfield is the top one, I'm, and I'm pretty sure he's playing this game. So that's basically the reason why I'm going with uh, Wisconsin for the sweep instead of the split. It's going to be a hard-fought series, but I think Wisconsin offense is going to shine above Ohio State's defense, and Wisconsin will get the sweep. I have Ohio State in a sweep, uh, much to the dismay of everybody else. I really do enjoy losing points on the uh, behind-the-mask pickums, so I'm pretty much going for an underdog bet this week. Um, I like Ohio State's chances. Um, they're a really good defensive team, um, and I'm pretty sure goalie Napier still doing really well. Um, I had a couple of reasons before this game – or before the uh, – podcast started I was I meant to write down but I forgot but I'm still I'm still picking the Buckeyes in a sweep um I'm gonna go with a split we saw this past weekend that Tommy Napier can handle teams that put up a lot of offense on him and I think both teams take one I would say Wisconsin catches Ohio State on their heels because Michigan Ohio State's played Michigan State Wisconsin's a different kind of uh, style of play so Wisconsin takes game one Ohio State's games uh, takes game two 
And now one of the one of the series that we previewed, number five, Minnesota versus uh, at any slanting to play Michigan State. Uh, this game, of course, begins tomorrow night, eight o'clock. I'll be there for coverage. We'll get to that later. But yeah, um, Jacob Stenson had a split in the last series, and he has Minnesota sweeping in this one. What do you guys have? I have Minnesota with the sweep. It's going to be hard for MSU to get a game in the series or get a sweep, but it's because Minnesota, it's they're just a complete team. I was talking about how Michigan State is a complete team earlier. I think Minnesota's the most complete team in the Big Ten. They, they've shown in their first four games winning all four, obviously, with a one goal against average. So it's going to be a hard-fought series, but I think Minnesota will pull out the sweep. Yeah, um, I completely agree with you there, but I'm going in a split. Um, I think Minnesota's kind of going to overlook the Spartans um, on first glance. Um, I'm really thinking this is going to be a very low-scoring affair between these two teams. Um, I think since the Spartans have been a more defensive-minded team and that they've kind of played to that identity all year, I think game one is specifically um, – will favor them. I think Minnesota is going to get a little bit frustrated with the way that Michigan State plays, but, you know, they'll make adjustments on the on the Friday night game and probably take that one handily. And for this one, I have, I have a split. I have a split because I believe night number one, I think Michigan State, they're going to, they're going to realize and they're, that they're, uh, they're in the midst of playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. And it doesn't get any easier as the road progresses. So I think they really buckle down the game one. I think they went to nothing, one of them being an empty netter. Then I think Minnesota takes game two. So I have a split. Uh, moving on, uh, number 20, Arizona State uh, travels to South Bend to take on number 16, Notre Dame. Jacob Stinson does Notre Dame. What are you guys thinking? I pick Notre Dame with the sweep here. This is a little bit of a toss-up series. Both of, the, both of these teams coming off – wildly different results in their first couple series so it's really hard to read this game in this 2020 COVID year anything could happen so I'm just gonna go on a whim here and pick Notre Dame with the sweep see what happens I hear you um I have no clue what to make of the Big Ten right now um I have no clue what to make of both of these teams you know Notre Dame um coming off a surprising upset against one of the top two teams in the Big Ten in Michigan, as well as Arizona State actually finding the back of the net against against Wisconsin, which we found out they could not defend. Um, I have it as a split. Um, I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this game goes. I really think it'll be it'll be a close game, but it's still going to be pretty high scoring. Um, Arizona State's finally found their offensive uh, kick, and I think you know Notre Dame will be riding high um, off of off of that sweep against Michigan. And we should see pretty uh, two pretty fun games. All right. Um, I'm going Arizona State just because I'm going to trust both of you to fall on your faces again and because of 2020. Uh, and, yeah, Arizona State is a good team defensively. And I think since they finally found their offense, that's going to continue. Notre, State's riding, uh, Notre Dame's riding high, and I think they just uh, they come back home and they kind of get humbled. So, yeah, I have Arizona State in a sweep there. Uh, coming back to East Lansing for the second uh, leg of the homestand, number 14, Wisconsin, comes to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Uh, Jacob Stinson predicted a split. What do you guys have? 
I have MSU in a sweep. Uh, we highlighted that they will be missing six forwards most likely in this game. It's going to be hard for them to have a lot of uh, just gelling and connection on offense with a lot of different lines and new players. So I think MSU will be able to capitalize easily on this and pick up the sweep. I am in agreement with Ryan here. I have MSU in a sweep. Wisconsin is finishing up a very long 31 days of hockey where they've played a lot of games. Um, And they're coming off of playing their, what is it? Their four games in six days, essentially. Um, They haven't really fared well against teams that are – very good on defensively. Um, they did not fare well against um, Michigan, I believe. And then they got out hand, pretty beat um, against Arizona State, who finally found their defense as well as their offensive game. And I think this really plays well for Michigan State. Um, they're a very defensive-minded team. That's their identity right now, and I've said that probably about five times this episode. And I think it really with Wisconsin losing – Six forwards, you're losing one of your top scorers in Cole Caulfield. I think point production is going to be pretty hard to come by for them in that series, so I'm, I'm really picking the Spartans to win this one-handedly. Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off what you said. Uh, I think when you lose the most – I think when you lose the best goal scoring forward in the Big Ten, I think that does cost you. And I think Friday night's going to be some learning curves. But then I think they are going to – I think Wisconsin gels together – uh, night number two, and they take a win from Michigan State. Once they learn how to play with each other and learn how to make up for Cole Caulfield's loss, and I'm taking a split. And finally, our last game of the this uh, this week's pick'em. It's pretty busy. Uh, what I would consider a can't miss showdown: number five Minnesota travels to Ann Arbor to take on number seven Michigan. What do we have? This is the main event of the season so far, in my opinion. You got. Michigan versus Minnesota, talent flooding on both teams. It's If you want to watch college hockey out of all these games, I would 100% recommend this series. It's going to be very good in my opinion. Hopefully, I don't fall on my face by saying that, but it should be two very, very close games. I think these teams are evenly matched. I would say Michigan gets the edge on offense and Minnesota gets the edge on defense, but I'd say they balance each other out. This is this is basically like the, the Khabib McGregor of – college hockey so far in the season so i would say watch the series and expect a split because that's what i am going with jacob stinson said the same i forgot to mention cam what do you have um this is going to be a slugfest between two powerhouse teams and i have it coming out one for each um do i'm pretty sure both games will probably go to overtime um and you know it's just Whenever you get to three on three, it's pretty much the look of the draw at that point. One rush can make or break you. And this is this is going to be a really fun test for both of these teams. I mean, they're the consensus one and two uh, to finish one and two in the Big Ten. And we'll see, you know, after coming off of this getting swept by Notre Dame, Michigan will probably have a little bit of some fun practices until then um, getting reamed a little bit. And then, you know, Minnesota, depending on how they do against Sparty, it could be the same thing for them, but this should be a very, very fun series to watch. I'll put it out there that my, I have a gripe. People, I have a gripe with people calling Michigan state Sparty, but I'll get past that. Can I forgive you? Uh, 
that game up more hostile than it should have been. But in this series, I have Michigan in the sweep. Michigan is playing Penn State uh, this uh, as we speak. Actually, not, I will uh, today and tomorrow. And Penn State, uh, as I said before the podcast off the year, I have no, I have no, re- I have no idea what to make of the Big Ten teams except for Penn State, who has the courtesy to be openly bad, so I can judge them. And so I think Michigan gets uh, they sweep, but they sweep Penn State. They come back home to Ann Arbor, and I think they rest up and they play Minnesota. And I and I trust Josh Mann more than Jack LaFontaine, and I think Michigan sweeps at home. And yeah, that's our pick'em. Finally, on the game, it was a busy week of college hockey. Woo! Yeah. Woohoo! So yeah, as I've said, as I said before, I will be there tomorrow and the day after for the games against Minnesota on Impact behalf. And then I take a little vacation because Michigan State took away our spring break. They're mean. I don't like them for that. <laughs> but next Tuesday and Wednesday, Michigan State hosts Wisconsin in the second leg of their homestand. And believe Ryan and Cam will both be attending one of the games. Haven't decided that yet. We'll update uh, as it comes out. But yeah, so you can find my Twitter at K-Y-L-E-H-A-T-T-Y-I-N, Kyle Hattie, I-N. And you can find Ryan's at uh, Ryan Radosevich. It is at R Y A N R A D O S E V I C H. And you can find Cam at Cam McLaren. Uh, it's at C A M underscore M C C L A R R E N. I decided to be pretty cool and put an underscore in my username. So you, know, you guys need to get on my level. Lame. I, I just have one big long name together, you know. It's it's just just put all together. Why not? If it works, it works. It's free country. So yeah, uh, we will update as as we go. We'll have uh, we'll have someone in the building for all four games, and we'll come back after a busy week of hockey. Uh, gentlemen, we forgot to rate the episode last week. What do we give it this week? I'm giving it a B plus. I'd say structurally, we did amazing. We did perfect. Missing Jacob though. Little little f in the chat. Little tear down the side of the cheek. But um, we did good. I, I didn't have as much fun as other episodes, so that's why I'm getting a little bit, a little bit of a markdown, but still a great episode, B-plus, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I'm going to give the episode in general a B, um, structurally pretty well. Um, we got through pretty much what we needed to get to, had a little bit of a laugh here and there. Um, I got called out for using the term Sparty, um, which I didn't like. Uh, personally, I'm giving myself a C. Uh, I did not have that good of an episode, and I, I'm my sure you guys had to listen to this. Um, it is very cold in my room right now, and I was pretty shivering a lot during the episode. So, uh, the podcast shivers, they got to you. Yeah, I mean, drink as much water as you want, and then all of a sudden your body temperature just starts going way down, just like Penn State's hot playing ability. Ooh. It's okay, they won a the football finally. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, geez. We finally have something to cheer about. Uh, I'm feeling more generous than you guys. I'm going to go A minus. Uh, besides Jacob Stinson hating us, we had a lot to get through. I think we had some good analysis, made points that I didn't think of before. And uh, yeah, I'm going to give us an A minus. So that is this week's episode of Behind the Mask. We've got a fluky schedule coming up in the next coming weeks, but I'll keep us updated on that. So I never wanted Behind the Mask. Uh, um, yeah, on behalf of all of us at Behind the Mask, thank you for listening.